<laughs> oh yes hey everybody welcome back to the paid search podcast my name is jason rothman as always i'm joined by the great chris schaefer the paid search podcast is the place where we talk google ads pay-per-click and digital marketing strategies for business owners and ppc professionals out there this is the 159th episode and as i said i'm joined by the great chris schaefer chris how's it going today uh, jason we're we like you've said before international like i'm going through the questions that we're going to answer today and international questions from people around the world it's so cool to hear from you guys I don't speak your language, but you are kind enough to listen in my language and send questions in my language. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to answer them. So it's so, so cool. So we have lots of cool, interesting questions, uh, but we all speak the language of Google Ads. So we're all kumbaya together. Um, all right. So today we are going to talk about answers to your questions. But before I get to that, I want to mention our best friend, Optio. Optio keeps me in line it keeps many of our listeners in line many of our subscribers have gone out and tried it out you should too six week extended trial opteo.com slash psp and what does it do it keeps your campaigns going without giant uh-ohs you're going along you're managing your campaigns and you have multiple clients or maybe you're just one guy who's trying to manage a really big campaign that's complicated the ad stopped uh, you're not spending your budget. You have some uh, improvements that you completely didn't even consider. Uh, some new keywords that you could add that you hadn't considered. All these things, Optio can help you get that done and get it done quickly. Nice graphical interfaces, uh, push button to get things done. It's outside of Google Ads, but that's a good thing because sometimes you can't get it done quickly in the Google Ads interface. This is a system to help you get it done quicker opteo.com slash PSP. The reason you need to go to that is because you can get a six-week extended trial. Tell them you heard about it from our show. Tell them that Chris is your favorite friend and you'll get a six-week extended trial. Thanks for checking them out. So Jason, you ready to put your thinking cap on and answer some tough Oh, I'm tough, ready. I'm ready. But, uh, but first, Chris... We are in the top 700 business podcast, overall business, in the United States on uh, Apple Podcasts. Pretty and cool. uh, we have a review we got this week um, that I'll get to in a few weeks uh, when I re read the review of the week. But basically said this is one of the best podcasts out there, not just pay-per-click podcasts. Wow. And he said he heard that from the host. And then he just <laughs> left us five stars. So I want to grow this podcast. As, we're not a PPC podcast, Chris. We're an everything podcast, and I want to dominate. So wow. near the top 200 in business, we're in the top, maybe the top 100 or 120 in uh, marketing and management. So we're going to keep growing. The way we grow is because you guys leave reviews on Apple Podcasts and all the review places, but that's primarily where all the reviews are. And when you guys leave more reviews, it helps us grow the show because then their algorithm shares the show with more people. And it's interesting, Chris, we've been doing this for almost probably three years now, or maybe over three years, uh, going to get up to 200 episodes soon. And we still have people every single day that are just finding out about the show yeah. and uh, just realizing about how much uh, great content we have. So we appreciate you guys' reviews. Um, I want to read one this week from Valet GTZZ. Um, on uh, Apple Podcasts on, on, uh, in the United States of America, five stars, and they said, Game Changer for PPC Professionals. Hi, Chris and Jason. I really appreciate your tips and insights. You've helped me tremendously as I transition to PPC freelancing. You guys are essentially my team. LOL. Thanks, guys. Oh, he said LOL. That means lots of love. That's nice of him. Oh. Laugh out loud. I was just thinking this week, do you remember Burb? Be right back. I use that all the time. Yeah, what messaging? do you mean I remember it? Like, I st is that not cool anymore? I no, no one uses that anymore. And uh, oh. it just shows how much of a connected nonstop world we are because be right back. That doesn't happen anymore because we're always connected. And I'm sure wow. that's healthy. So, Chris. So profound. We got a big Q&A today, like a Big Q&A, and uh, we're going to get through it. And uh, you, you broke these questions up into AdWords questions, strategy questions, tips questions, advice questions. 
and you uh, then broke them up into business questions, the business of PPC. And we're going to answer some of those on the Patreon channel. $2 a month. We do an after show every week and you guys can find a link at the website, paidchurchpodcast.com for that after show. So Chris, have you read through my notes in the question and answer no. document? I want it to be a complete surprise. I, I didn't okay. want to spoil anything. Except for the stuff that was all caps, you know, my eye immediately went to that. But uh, before we get to reading, we'll start with uh, Hal from L.A. who has uh, a question. And uh, Jason, I didn't label who is going to answer it, but... uh, Totally missed this question because you didn't highlight it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I realized I didn't highlight it, but I'm going to start with that one. And uh, here we go. Hey, everyone. My name's Hal, calling from L.A. Love the show. Happy you finally got the Patreon going. And I'm working to do some ads for a psychologist in Maryland. You know, we got about over 2 million people in his his area. And when I run these keywords for broad match, like depression, anxiety, counselor, psychologist, I'm getting 5,000, 2,000, you know, low numbers for the whole month. And I'm just wondering, like, am I missing something? Are people just not searching? You know, and the other thing, you know, we could, he does work with people remotely, but who signs up to work with a psychologist over a Google ad that doesn't look near them? So uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to make this happen. Lastly, I'm curious if Chris is available for life coaching. Um, You know, I'd love to sign up and please share. Uh, All right, Hal. Nice joke at the end. Chris, let me tell you something. I have a client, great client down in Texas, and uh, we launched a few months ago. We were doing a call this week, going over the first couple of months, looking at the monthly report. And I'm trying to give this man good Google Ads advice. And he's just giggling and he's interrupting me going, <laughs> when are you going to get married? <laughs> when are you going to get married, Jason? <laughs> because, of, because of these BS uh, jokes you do on the show. So enough with the life coaching, enough with the marriage, enough with that kind of talk. I'm going to say it now and I'm going to say it to everybody. If you bring that topic up again... I'm going to hit back 10 times harder and you're not going to like what you hear. Okay. So don't bring it up again. Don't bring Then don't disrespect my relationship. I would never disrespect your relationship with your wife. That is definitely ever. not true. That is, def- ever. that is definitely not true, but thank you so much for, where is she right now? Where is she right now? She's right there. She's always beside me. That's what you, that's what you think. The reason I'm asking you that, and maybe we'll cut this, maybe you won't, because you don't know what's going on in your life, Chris. Your life is spinning out go. of control. The non-disrespect. Turn around, you little boy. Turn around. You just had this stupid f- piece of technology go off and distract me. Is that something you want on camera? That little look. I'm not oh kidding. Gosh. Look on your shelf. What this it, thing? It just thing lit up for a second. Blowing up. You are. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Is that the way you run your life? As you can tell from my background, I run my life clean. I know everything that's going on behind my back oh at all my times. Gosh. This so is don't you ever nobody's going to hear this. Bring that up. Don't don't you ever bring that up again. Okay. Or you're going to get hit back ten times harder. All right. I'm just putting it out there as a warning. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm a nice guy. Don't push me. All right. Let's answer House' question. What caught my ear, Chris, in that question is he said. 3,000, 5,000 searches a month in the state of Maryland for psychologists near me, psychologists, whatever. That tells me Hal is in the keyword planner. Mm. Hal, what are you doing in the keyword planner, bro? Like, I don't think, I think he's referencing how many impressions he's he's getting on these keywords. If he's in the keyword planner, he needs to get out because 3,000, 5,000, that sounds to me like uh, keyword planner talk. And if you're in the keyword planner, the reason that doesn't give you a full picture of how many searches there are is because it's telling you that search volume for that one keyword. But people search for different keywords, psychologists near me, yeah. psychologists in Baltimore, therapists in Baltimore, and then they search for thousands and millions of long tail keywords that your phrase match keywords will catch and broad match modify. So if that's what's going on, get out of the keyword planner and start advertising. If you're advertising and you're only getting 3,000, 5,000 impressions and it doesn't seem like you're able to spend your full budget of, I'm assuming... 500, 1,000, 1,500 a month. Then you got to look at impression share. 
Why are you, why is your impression share not 100% if it's not? Is it because of rank? Then look at your position. Well, we still can. Are you in position five, position four, and you're not showing up high enough to get clicked or you're not showing up on enough searches because your bids are so low, you're losing it to rank. Um, do you have it super locked down with your schedule? Did this guy tell you, I only want people in one zip code? Um, is it your location? Is it the schedule? Are you running only exact match keywords? Maybe run some phrase match, see what comes in, some broad match modified. Chris, is that what you would be thinking? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, how the answer to something like this, I've worked with uh, this industry before, and I find that it, it seems like it's unique uh, in that people don't tend to search for one specific thing. There's a lot of high funnel, like what's wrong with me kind of stuff or what kind of treatment should I do for this? And then there's super low funnel where people are looking for family psychologist near this that helps with dogs, you know, like dog fear or something. I mean, it's like super specific long tail. So it seems like that middle ground doesn't happen a lot. So I would definitely use, you know, some some high funnel stuff and uh, use modified broad to try and catch the longer tail. You know, you might just do like psychologist modified broad just to see what you can grab and then open up your yeah, geographic I was just targeting. saying that, Chris, like how, like look at the next three months. If he spends 500, 1500 a month, the person can afford to do, to gather some data. Yeah. There you so go. run psychologist phrase match, run therapist phrase match, run some broad match modified even maybe try pure broad a little bit with low bids, see what comes in, gather up a bunch of search terms, see the ways people are searching for things, and then create a nice keyword list from that. And then after the first three months, once you've done gathering information, you can, you'll probably be able to find the exact kind of searches he wants for the kind of uh, practices that he offers. Yeah. All right. So here we go. First uh, written question is uh, Brent from Portland, Oregon. Brent says, hey guys, long-time listener, first-time commenter. Uh, in episode 151, you said that income-based targeting is just based on zip code. I know that income targeting used to be based on zip code, but from what I understand, this has changed. Income now determined by a wide variety of data, such as third-party data and activity on Google. Jason, do you have anything nice to say to Brent? What's his question? Well, the quest- the question is... He's he, well, yeah. I cut out some of the question, but I'd love to hear the podcast that uh, does a dive deep into income remarketing. His question is like, where is it coming from? Is it useful? Oh, income, income. You know, it, okay. Well, no, no. Who cares? So my point is, I looked this up today. I tried to find out where their information comes from because yes, you and I said zip codes. By the way, that was years ago. Number yeah, one, it was okay, years ago because he says episode one fifty one. We were also talking about that way long time ago. And that's the way we thought it was based on because at the time when we were doing a podcast a long, long time ago, that income stuff was part of the location targeting. It wasn't this nice new audience section. It was part of the location targeting and um, it, it was based on zip codes. Now you're saying it's not. I looked up what it's based on and I could not find in the Google documentation what it's based on. So I don't want to hear from anybody what it's based on. How would anybody know what that information is based on if Google's not telling us? Okay? So I don't trust anybody to write a blog or whatever and tell me what that's based on. If Google's not saying it, I'm not going to spend my five minutes of my life listening to someone who's just, I mean, how do they even know that? So if Google's not saying it, no one knows it. So my point is, who cares what it's based on? Google's saying that's what it is. And does it work? Does it not work? I don't know. Test it out. I can tell you. We just went through the Trapdoor series. And by the way, for all you hardcore Jason Rothman fans oh. of this podcast, I had more Trapdoors for you. I had way more Trapdoors for you that I came up with at four in the morning. And I sent Chris an email. And he goes, oh, these are nice. Let's bank them for months from now because I want to do a Q&A. <laughs> so I tried to give you guys more Trapdoors, but he wouldn't let me this week. Um, but I got more Trapdoors. But we just went through the Trapdoors. And we didn't include this, but one of them, I th- or maybe we did, screwing around with income bids, Chris. Yeah. That sounds like a trap door to me. I can tell you the reason I'm a little bit negative on this is because it sounds so perfect to just go, oh, yeah. Uh, And then the example Brent gives is lawyers only want to work with people who can afford their services. Yeah. Wouldn't that just be awesome if you could just tell Google only show it to people who can afford my client services? And it seems so enticing, but that's just not my experience with it. I have not had a very positive experience with this. Hasn't really moved the needle for me. There's a lot of weird situations that come up, like the top 
20% of income is getting a worse cost per conversion than the top 20 to 30% of income. So you go, well, should we not target the top 20 to 30% of income because the top 20% is better than them? Or should we go with where the, we're getting a good cost per conversion? It's just like, I don't know. I, I've just gotten to the point, Chris, where I do not put a ton of stock in this. If a client is really focused on this, maybe I'll turn off the bottom 50%. Um, but I, other than that, I'm not messing with this too much. But Brent, play around with it. Test things out. Run an experiment. Run two campaigns. One targets the top 20%. One targets the top 20 to 40%. You can play around with it and test the data. But um, I just haven't, yeah. haven't been motivated to play around with it too much, Chris, after early kind of experiences where it just didn't seem to be doing that much for me. And... It kind of messed me up a few times where I, I made too many bid adjustments and I didn't like the results that came in. All right. So that was uh, some constructive criticism. That was way too long of an answer if we're going to get through all these in this episode. So uh, I'm giving the people what they want. I'm giving the people what they want. Next question comes from Judon from Hong Kong. Recently, Chris, one out of every six people in Hong Kong was in the street. Yes, I, mm -hmm, yes. For a protest. Very interesting. Big things going on in Hong Kong. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I read the paper. Hello, I just watched your video on YouTube for dynamic keyword insertion ads. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, I have two ad groups. Each ad group has four ads as the keyword insertion can be used in headline description. If I use keyword insertion for all four of these ads on headline with different keywords, would these four ads conflict? Or block some relevant ads to be triggered? Would it decrease the impressions? Chris, when I read this, I literally had not thought of the word dynamic keyword ins insertion in like over a year. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if it's still a thing in Google. Yeah, it is. Um, so thanks for your question. Uh, it sounds like you're confusing targeting with ad copy. Um, so... The idea here is that the dynamic keyword insertion, if you had multiple keywords, let's say you had five keywords in one ad group, and then you had four ads, um, and the keywords were you know X, Y, and Z, and the ads were all slightly different, but they had some dynamic keyword insertion in the headline and the description, it does not affect your targeting at all. It does not limit your impressions. It does not change your targeting. The dynamic keyword insertion, just because it says dynamic keyword insertion that does not mean that it changes any way that where how your ads are shown where your ads are shown um, whether you get an impression or not it's not going to affect your quality score because that's static based on your default text that you're going to have in there um, it's it, it's not going to matter so whether you use dynamic keyword assertion or not is not going to change uh, that factor what does change the factor i mean this isn't the question you asked you but what what I think it does change is that you you lose control of your your ad copy. You know, I, I think that what you have to do is ask why am I doing this? Why would you have multiple ads with multiple you know dynamic keyword insertion? Why not take one of those keywords if it's if it's so important that it shows up in the headline? Take one of those keywords, create its own ad group, and write one ad for that. You know, I'm not advocating you do that 500 times like a skag, but the idea is, you know, maybe if you have a few of those, create an ad group just for that and, you know, write an ad just for that. I, that's the way Jason and I tend to build our campaigns, um, just because more control and more precision with ads rather than just letting the system dynamically generate your headlines for you through that uh, DKI inserter. Chris, I mean, just think about how many parts of the ads are now. That's why I was thinking, does this thing even exist? Because they're so the ads are getting so big that it just seems hard to uh, just mix in a lot of that. And why? Because you have so many options. The one thing I would say, Chris, you just lose control, like you said, and you got to be careful because what if you're not putting your keywords in themed ad groups and you have two keywords in the same ad group that are like veterinarian for dogs, veterinarian for cats? And then Google could put either of those if the person searched it in the ad and it's like, does the rest of the ad match that? I don't know. It just, yeah. it's not something I, I focus on. So Chris, next question is read by you. Luke from Newcastle, Australia. All right. So we Luke from Newcastle, yeah. Australia. We've emailed this cool couple from Australia before. Big fans, big fans. So thanks for reaching out, Luke. Uh, they say, we have a client whose most important leads are calls. They have a nicely built, up, built out website. 
But at the end of the day, 99% of the conversions are via phone calls from their page where they ask for more information. I was thinking of running uh, call-only ads in parallel to expanded text ads. Do you ever run call-only ads with the expanded text ads and just run them together and let Google do its thing? As I'm now eliminating any mobile devices coming to the website, but potentially increasing their chance of a conversion. Jason, I think this is a great question for you because I've learned a bit about call-only from you. Yeah, Chris, uh, you can tell uh, by Luke's question that he's like reading my mind. So it's a guy who's definitely listened to all of our to date insider episodes at pagesearchpodcast.com slash insider because he said, and let Google do its thing. That's exactly what I do, Luke. Sometimes when a client really wants call only and we're confident it's going to work well, we run only, only call only ads. And the only things we're running are call only. But more recently, as Google has changed things around in the new interface and you don't have to, I don't even think it exists anymore. You don't set up your own like individual call only campaign. You just have the same campaign, but you put call only ads in it or you put expanded text ads in it. Now that everything can go together, that's what I find myself doing a lot, Luke. When we don't know if there's going to be enough volume on call only or how call only is going to work out for that industry or that client or that area, but the client does want calls, what I like to do is I like to mix in call only ads alongside expanded text ads in the same ad group and let them let them do their thing and then gather data and see how they perform. I also like to put an advanced bid adjustment, the calls bid adjustment up, maybe 20%, 30%, 25%, something like that. That increases not only call extensions would be good because your client wants calls, but it also increases the bids on the call only ads. It makes them more likely to show up as I understand it. And the final thing I would say, so yes, definitely try that out. There's nothing wrong with running them together and gathering data. The other thing I would say is, if they really want calls, sometimes call only can lead to a little bit of low volume. Sometimes it can be expensive. There's some issues sometimes. So you know what you can do? You can control your environment. Create a great landing page, model it after their website. It can be a mini website, multiple landing pages together with a menu, and just take the form off of them, put a huge phone number on there, and don't let the users be able to fill out a form. Let the only thing they can do is call you from the number on the landing page and that way you can get the volume, the uh, basically the volume that comes with expanded text ads and the call extension on them and still run expanded text ads because you're taking people to a landing page with the big phone number. So if call only is not working out great on its own or either mixed in, maybe play around with the landing page and take away the form and force those calls to come through. All right. Go ahead. Great answer. Yeah, it was. Nothing to great add. Great answer, huh, Chris? Go with it. Can you tell me how great it was? It was so great that uh, I have nothing to add. By the way, we started this show. You said you guys were a worldwide show. Your questions are coming from all over the world. Like pretty much every foreign question we had on this episode, Chris, comes from an English-speaking place. Yeah. Uh huh. I had to point out that inconsistency. Well, well, Hong Kong, they speak other languages. Glasgow, Australia, right. New Zealand, right. Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> Glenn from Glasgow. Hey, guys. First of all, thank you for the fantastic podcast. I've been using Google Ads for many years now, but I still learn something new from each of your episodes. That's a nice compliment because yes. sometimes I'm like, Chris, I don't know about yeah. this one. I have a query that I would like your opinion on. Oh, they used to be called search queries. Now they're called search terms. Yeah, little trivia. Query. Yeah, queries. If I, have a, <laughs> if I have a countrywide campaign but want to have targeted ads for one particular city, how should this be set up? And he goes through five options. Make keywords broad match modified in the hope that the city will be picked up when the user search. <clears throat> I don't think Chris is going to like that one. Create a new ad group for the city and insert the city in the keywords and ad copy. Create a new ad group for the city and leave the keywords as broad match modified, but put the city in the ad copy. Create a new campaign with a location set for the city and leave the keywords and ad copy as normal. Create a new campaign with a location set for the city and edit the keywords and ad copy to include the city. Uh, thank you for your question, Glenn. I'm very excited to see how Chris answered this and I recommend to all the ladies out there uh, with Glenn, never cheat on Glenn mm. because he is going through 
all the angles with your little stories about where you were last night. He's got every scenario covered, and you're not getting anything by Glenn. He is a so Chris, uh, you you want to target cities? Uh, what are we doing here? Glenn is a very thorough guy. Yeah, I mean a, a numbered list, just beautiful. Thank you, Glenn. So great question, and I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing. Um, it really depends on how critical it is that you get a super strong search impression share. You know, if this is something that is just absolute priority for you or your client to make sure you show up, I might actually do two of these things. Number one, I don't recommend where you said make your keywords broad match in the hope that the city will just be picked up. So, you know, mixing them in there and and hoping that they work. I I don't think that would necessarily work. My my second tier up, if you move into something where I want to be a little more aggressive, what I would try is your your scenario where you described have a new ad group in that campaign uh, and have broad match modifier keywords. So it's, you know, city and then the service as broad match modified um, and then put the city name into those ads. I think that's the next level up. Highest tier level, most aggressive, probably because uh, it's going to take the most amount of work, is then to create a new campaign and set that campaign up in the way that you have those keywords targeted with the city name, broad match modified, and you're targeting the city, and you have normal keywords that don't target the city and just have the service, and they all have the city name in them. So that's like the highest tier. That's the most aggressive. You're gonna tar- you're gonna target anyone within a hundred mile radius that uses the city name, and you're gonna target anyone within a twenty five mile radius that uses the service name. So that's a you know that that's the hardest, most aggressive way to do things. Uh, you know, the most effort. It's gonna take the most management because you, now you have a whole new campaign, and then imagine what you're gonna get get yourself into if uh, you know there's fifty of these to do. You know, if, if if they they say, well, that works great. Let's do the top 50 cities in the U.S. Oh, I mean, you're hearing groans because we've been there. I mean, it's it's exhausting. So I would say my favorite would probably be with the lower tier where you just put those keywords in an ad group. And if maybe put a little bit higher bid on those. And if you get a campaign that picks them up, you know, you're getting some clicks on them, then that's great. But if the client's super gung ho about, you know, I gotta show up on these i want 100 percent search impression here in this city and this zip code this county then you know you may have to go with the hardcore stuff but it i would not say it's your default you know unless you're getting pushed that direction i would not suggest it jason chris what do you think i have a i have a quick great suggestion in terms of setup but i want your feedback on management because it gets a little scary with management if you have say 10 uh, if you have three cities it's not a big deal anyway because it's only three cities but say you have 10 or 20 cities or more, um, and you want the ads. To me, what's important is the ad copy, the ad copy matching that city. So if it's if it's Charlotte, North Carolina, and people are searching there for a mover, I don't care if they search the word mover, long distance mover, movers in Charlotte. As long as the ad says movers in Charlotte and uses the city name, that's what's important. Yeah. Uh, in terms of this whole city thing. So what you can do, you can create a campaign, great keywords. You can either include city names. Yeah, include city names. So what you do, you target one city, the ads say Charlotte, the keywords say Charlotte. Mm-hmm. All you have to do, go to editor, copy and paste it 50 times, whatever, however many you need, and then just on each city, go to the ads, go to the keywords, and find and replace Charlotte to the next city. And then on the third campaign, find and replace Charlotte on the keywords and ads to the next city. That's easy, pretty easy on setup. Chris, what happens on management? And then things get a little sticky. Well, I mean, keep in mind you said replace, but you also have to replace the URL you have to replace any phone numbers that are different. You have to change all the geographic targeting true, for those. True. So, I mean, there's a true. lot of small Oh my gosh, things. you're right. True. I mean, oh man, so you're true. It's, it's, I would never do this. Yeah, yeah. you're right. This sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, this just sucks. It, I guess it depends on how many cities it yeah. is. Yeah. The thing is, the more you do that, the more you're up for user error and accidentally targeting the wrong city or going to the wrong URL. And then just like you said, then you start getting into management. Like, oh, you know, this keyword showing. You might even be... No, no, so hold on. Slap the person that came up with this idea because, Chris, <laughs> let's, let's get back to basics here. If someone in City 2 does a search and the, the ad says, we serve people in these metros, blah, 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 and the city's in there or local movers. And, like, 
just focus on the right searches, yeah. get ad copy that makes sense, and it's going to work well. And all the time you're taking going into all this, building it up, how to manage it, all this kind of stuff, that's where people like me and Chris sneak in, start gathering data, run our campaign, and get great results. So probably making it a little too complex. And While you're building your super complex campaign, we're already getting clicks we're making and money. getting leads. So yeah, yeah I mean, that that's the deal. So, I mean... The thing is, I would consider the the most aggressive plan to be some a button that's under glass and requires two keys to unlock. You know, I mean, like, don't do this unless you're forced and you just have to do it because the the setup, the management are all overcomplicated and it's not worth the effort. All right, so Benjamin from Auckland. Speaking of international again, I think they speak Hebrew or something there. It's awesome. All right, so hello, gents. That's what they say. That's Hebrew, I think. Uh, when you encounter a campaign with a load of broad match keywords, do you keep the data by pausing the keywords and copying and pasting the keywords and then editing the new keywords to be modified broad uh, phrase or exact match? So how do you deal? And I know you've come across plenty of campaigns like me that just are full out broad. And what do you do with those? How do you deal with a, you know, a junk campaign like that to improve it? I don't deal with filth. I don't deal with junk. And Chris Schaefer, I don't deal with prior campaigns. Okay. I'm the best ah. Google ads manager yep. in the planet. And I could go on and on about some other things, but I won't because we're going to keep this one tight. Screw the old data. I don't dirty up my vision, Chris, with the old garbage. I had a client this week that's a new client. They sell hot tubs. They say, Hey, Jason, uh, we're having the call. Hey, we got this whole campaign. Do you want us to send it to you? Do you want to access? Blah, blah, blah. No, I don't. Mm-mm. And I told them straight up, it's not going to do anything for me. The way you're talking, I already know all the mistakes they were making. We're not going to go down that road. It's not going to help at all. I build new houses from the ground up. I don't try to salvage yeah. horrible, junked out houses. So I would say, Benjamin, I don't do this. I definitely don't like uh, copy the keywords and all that kind of stuff. Now, the only thing here is, Chris, if I'm working with a new client and they have a campaign that's in decent shape and they say it's working well... I copy and paste it, and I go from there with the, with the copy and paste it campaign because mm-hmm. I want to leave mm-hmm. their old campaign for them untouched yep. so they always have it. But that's a very rare situation when things are going well for them. And by the way, if things are going well, why are they calling why are they me? they calling you, yeah. So I don't run into that very often. If, if it was a bad campaign, I leave it alone. I would say the only thing I'd be interested in or you could be interested in, Benjamin, have them download the search terms for like the last uh, – two months, last six months, last year. And what you can get from that are the search terms, see where they were showing up on the wrong things, maybe get some keyword ideas, and then you'll get the cost per click data and the conversion data in there as well if you download it. So that's all I would need is is uh, search terms. Yeah. So next question, Chris, from Katie. Hi, guys. I'm a new listener and love the show. I'm also new to Google AdWords. Like we are talking a few weeks. What is the best advice you have for someone just starting out, what tools or training do you recommend other than the content Google itself offers? Also, interested in any mentoring or coaching programs that you can pay by the hour or a monthly fee for? Again, y'all rock. Katie, I'm going to answer your question. I'm going to take this over for Chris. So, Katie, uh, number one, the, the content Google itself offers is fantastic. So go to Google's help section, search Google Ads help, go to the help section. Anything you could possibly want in there is in there. There's so much you can learn, so much technical information. I still go through it myself every week. Go through it. Um, Paid Search Podcast, I would listen to all our episodes. Most of them are on YouTube. We sell them on our website, but they're on YouTube for free. We offer a lot uh, in terms of just getting a feel for AdWords, some experience. Chris, anything else besides Google's help and and our great show. Yeah. No, I mean, Katie, I would focus on basics. I I would make sure that you completely understand the purpose behind ad groups, campaigns, keywords, what you're supposed to do with search terms, you know, how negative keywords work, whether you should use a phrase, exact, broad, negative keyword. Like, Like most people don't understand that basic. And then once you understand that, once you understand all the tools, understand what you're, what, the purpose behind Google ads is and, and how you use those tool, tools to accomplish the number one thing that you're supposed to do, not lead generation, but before that happens, it has to be traffic quality. You have to make sure that every bit of traffic coming from Google is qualified. That's what, I mean, that that's what it's all about. So 
Yeah, I mean, it, could, Chris, could I say something to Katie? She has a serious opportunity to be one of the best AdWords managers on the planet. And I'm not kidding, Chris. I'm literally not kidding. She is coming into Google Ads in the year 2019 with all that information from Google out there, with all of our podcasts and other people. There's a lot of great content. Your mind, Katie, right now is pure. <laughs> you have not been corrupted by stupid, overly technical, going down the rabbit hole things like dynamic keyword insertion, like income targeting, all the bidding strategies, all this kind of stuff. Your mind is pure. Okay. So you're still thinking about businesses. You're still thinking about things that actually matter out there, getting clients, customers into their business to give them money. You're still in that mindset. So don't get corrupted, Katie. Focus on the customer. Take it offline. What are people using Google for? They're searching. Okay, what would someone search for if they needed a plumber? Search terms, bids, cost per conversion, leads. Keep it simple, Katie. You have so much potential because you have not been corrupted. Think about it from a business owner perspective. Think about it from your client's perspective. Think about it from the search user's perspective. And then use that knowledge and figure out how to accomplish those goals on Google Ads. Work that direction. Don't go into the Google Ads, all technical stuff, and then work back out. Yeah. I think she's got a great opportunity yeah. here. That's a good point. All right. So Shane from Columbus, Ohio. Shane says, hey, Chris and Jason, we are hoping to gain further insight as to where conversions are happening in relation to the position of the ad. Uh, for example, if a campaign is running and has a dozen conversions for the month, how could we segment the data to see the position of the ad where it was for each of those conversions? So, Shane, before I send the question off to Jason, who uh, has already written a very colorful answer, which I'm sure he will filter, let me say, uh, although Jason will give a different answer, I'm going to tell you I have had this Jason, sometimes we have to answer these questions because the client is insisting. And there, I've had instances where I had to answer this question. And I'll tell you how I did it in a macro sense. I downloaded data from like 60 days at the search term level for everything that had a conversion. I then pulled all of that into one spreadsheet and aggregated all the data about if there was one conversion uh, and one click where was the position for that one conversion and one click? And then I put that and aggregated it out to how many clicks happened in first position, how many clicks happened in second, third, fourth, stuff like that. So that's the only way I was able to do it. And it was a very manual process. There's no tool that I've ever found that can give you that pure information because sometimes data is nice to have. And sometimes it's just kind of nice and clean to show that. But Jason's going to give you a different point of view. Let's make it snappy. No, you said it, Chris. I'll keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Do you have kids? Do you have kids, Chris? Do I? Of course I have. You know, I have, what in the world? Then why don't you try being a father for five minutes instead of spending your time downloading and talking about sheets and positions what? and then manually do? What are you doing? Do, who do you work for? Do you work for a bunch of Google Ads managers? Like, do you work for professional Google Ads people that just abuse you? And every little thought in their head about what if the data said this? What if the data said that? I wonder what happens with this. They just make you do it all day. What kind of self-respecting business owner was asking you this question? Who cares what position they were from? Manage your account. Focus on the leads. Focus on the cost per lead. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, Chris? I, what? No, seriously. It's, what value? See, no, seriously. No, seriously. No, seriously. No, seriously. I need you to stop right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Seriously. What does this provide, Chris? It's okay. Do you really want to what, know? What does that provide? Okay. So obviously. Yes, I want to okay, know. So I'm gonna answer, I want to know. I'm going to answer very precisely. So the, the thing is, uh, I'll tell you the reasoning behind it. I had a client who was insisting that they always be first. And my only argument was, well, listen, it might be a little more uh, so cost effective. So let him be first. Spend the money, well, Because he's Chris. griping because their People conversions their are mind. going down. He's saying our conversions are going down. I want to be first all the time because, you know, we're going to sell. And then my comment was, you know, you may perform better. You might actually get more conversions a little lower in the positions. What if we're in second position? And then I had the data to show him that, which, hey, some of us 
really want to explain to our clients instead of slapping them in the head and saying, listen to me, I'm the boss, I'm the greatest. I don't slap my clients. I don't slap my clients. The only Verbally. slaps we do are high effing Verbally. fives because we're making a bunch of Verbally money. You slap. That's the only slaps we do are high fives and pats on the rear ends because we're making money out here in the real world, Chris. Okay. It's your, By the way, it's your question. And Chris, while I'm talking, please read to yourself my answer, what I wrote. I am not reading I that. Oh, I've already read it. Thank you. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot read that. <laughs> okay, good. But but the the end of my the end of my answer. Okay, well you guys are doing this and I'm doing high fives with my with my clients. Mm-hmm. Google is in the process of taking the average position it away anyway. It so it's over. Yet. It's over. It's going away. You're not even going to be able to do these things to yourselves in a few months anyway. We'll see. They're sunsetting it. They're sunsetting it. So it's going away anyway. Abe from Raw. Passionate. Great debate. We need to have a great debate about something because I want to smack. <laughs> yeah, because the last one went so right. well for you. But okay, go ahead. Let's let's go. Abe from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm two and zero. Oh. I'm two and zero, oh, and I've taken the tough and no. tougher positions both times. Mm, I don't. It's easy to make fun of skagging. Okay, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> to uh, to, to, uh, to promote skagging <laughs> and and uh, make it sound good after you've been through that whole cycle yourself and you realize how stupid you were. Because I was there once. Next question from Abe from Raleigh, North Carolina. I watch your podcast on YouTube and enjoy the unique knowledge you share. Jason, I have a question for you both, though. What? Read the question as it's written. Is your ego really that small? Is it really you can't that big? Add I should words say, that in there. Sensitive that you can't let me make a little joke when the whole audience knows I'm just no, kidding. Nobody knew. You're really for that me. sensitive, Chris. <laughs> Everyone knew that was a joke. All right. I watch your podcast on YouTube and enjoy the unique knowledge you share. I have a question for you all. How do you track conversions? Do you use Google Tag Manager or Google Analytics? And I'm going to throw in or straight Google Ads conversion code from the Google Ads account. I have used both. He's saying Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics. I want to know what is more efficient for you all. Okay. So first of all, I'm highly offended that you did not uh, say y'all because you are from North Carolina. But anyway, I prefer Google Analytics because it's something that personally I can control and I don't have to get the website involved, okay? So easiest for me, always, if they have Google Analytics on the site, it all works, assuming all their tags are working properly, which nowadays doesn't seem to be very common. That's the preference because I can just put a URL in of, you know, slash purchase complete thank you, and then that's the thank you page, done. Conversion imported into Google Ads and I'm done. The next one down that I uh, would prefer is Google Tag Manager because sometimes I can very easily create uh, a tracking directly in Google Tag Manager and get it done. That's that's simple enough. The one that I that I like the least is uh, the conversion tracking directly in Google Ads. It's complicated. It requires jumping into the website or, or you know getting into the code, which I do not want to do. I don't do. Um, so that's my least favorite. So that's, that's my order of preference. I imagine Jason, you're probably the same way. Uh, yeah, uh, no, no, I'm not at oh. all. Um, I, I don't use Google tag manager. Don't like it. Have not had good experience with, with it yeah. has made things more complicated than I thought they were without it. And on top of that, there were some types of conversions like calls from website that we had a problem using Google tag manager for. So my preference is Google analytics. The reason why is because I'm very used to it. We have a great episode out there about Google Analytics. I'm an expert in analytics. I love it. And the nice thing about it is, besides the ease of it, is like Chris said, the control. And there's so much other data that you can play around with when you get those conversions in Google Analytics. And then I call me old fashioned. I like uh, putting the code on the site, uh, seeing it there. That's me. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, yeah. go ahead with the next question. Right, yeah. We're going to knock these things out. Let's go. Let's we go. We have three questions left. Um, and before I say this, uh, before I jump into this one, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Optio. They have got to go. They've got to jump into some accounts. They've stuck around as long as they could, you know, but they're busy guys. They're building software for us to succeed. If you want to be a part of that success that they're generating with this amazing software, opteo.com slash PSP. You can use a six-week extended trial for free just because you're a Paid Search Podcast listener. Uh, check it out. Uh, I, we talk about it every week. Um, and uh, I had a lot of people that contact me and tell me they like it, that they continue to use it even past the free period. It's worth the investment for them. Check it out. It lets them know that uh, they should keep sponsoring us. And if you guys 
want to keep helping us, you help them. That's how it works. So Greg from Michigan says, in an earlier podcast, you guys mentioned some of your clients run competitor campaigns. As we've said before, they have great ideas, quote, unquote. I believe Jason said he generally found these to be cheaper clicks than generic clicks, but I'm not sure how that makes sense. Wouldn't your ad relevance on those keywords be way lower than generic terms? Or is it just a matter of everyone bidding on generic terms and only a few are bidding on separate brand names? So Jason, what's your secret? It's a, it's a 100%. It's the second thing. So yes, your, your relevance, your quality scores, they will be lower on competitor keywords because uh, you're not relevant. But the thing is, you don't have to worry about that that much because generally speaking, competitor keywords are bid bidded on less and that's why they cost less because there's not as many people bidding on them. And when they, even when they do, they don't want to bid that high because you're not relevant. It doesn't seem to work well for most advertisers. So that is why the bidding is lower. The cost per click is lower because the generally the bidding is lower because there's less people bidding on it. And even when they bid on it, they're not as positive about it and they bid less. So Chris, next question, Fernando from YouTube. Hey guys, yes, big fan here. I would love a discussion. Well, you're not gonna get that, Fernando. You're gonna get a quick answer because <laughs> we've been going at this for a while, but we're gonna give you something good about what to do when your campaign's doing amazing and suddenly seemingly out of nowhere, it tanks. What can we check? Do we need paid tools for this? How can we get it back on track? Thank you, thanks. Okay, well, Fernando, I, I did answer you directly on YouTube, uh, or at least you have a, a, an answer there. But for our listeners who would also have a question like this, and you haven't heard this episode, go back and listen to, this will be linked uh, on, on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, and also be linked in the episode notes. This particular episode, um, you'll see it in the in the notes. The, the episode basically talks about exactly what you said, Fernando. It is what happens when your campaign goes to crap, right? Uh, that is exactly the topic that we talk about. And we talk about solutions, what to look for, you know, how to solve the issue. So uh, we highly recommend you go back because a lot of the times what we talk about, Jason, you and I have ma- remained constant. I mean, the quality of the content that we provided for all these years has been constant. So there is a lot of value that we talk about that we're not going to talk about anymore because we've already done an episode on it. So episode 129 and uh, go to YouTube, what to do when a good Google ad campaign goes bad. There you go. Yeah. So yep. uh, you can listen to that for free on YouTube or uh, purchase the old episodes and listen to those in bulk. But what I'm saying is we've been consistent. Google ads has not changed that much. And if you want a ton of more information, you can always go back and listen to those old shows, which are available on paidsearchpodcast.com. All right, last question from AJ from Atlanta, Georgia. Hey guys, I love the show and listen to it whilst I manage my client accounts. He said whilst. I like, he is a smart guy. I manage Google Ads campaigns for water damage and restoration companies and the average CPCs are freaking nuts. I'm talking upwards of $80 to $120 per click in Atlanta, Georgia for keywords such as water damage, restoration, water damage cleanup, things like that. He has a few other comments in here about the daily budget and everything, but basically his question, Jason, is how would you go about managing these high CPC accounts? Help a brother out. All right. Well, AJ, two general ways to approach this. The first one is to try to work within what you can do and get a lower cost per click and try to get clicks when competing with people that are bidding a lot. So the first piece of advice, how do you get those low cost per clicks in a high cost per click industry? My only answer to do that is you just have to go as wide as possible. The mindset has to be, I'm going to show up lower uh, because I'm bidding less, but I still have to try to get clicks. So if I'm bidding lower, but how do I get clicks if I'm bidding lower and showing up lower? Well, the way you do that is you show up on more auctions because when you're lower, generally, your click-through rate will be lower. So if you're only showing up on five searches a day and you're in position four, you may go weeks without getting a click because the the click-through rate on position four is very, very low and it's going to take a ton of impressions to get that one click. So what you have to do is you have to go as wide as possible and show up on as many relevant auctions as possible. So the ways you can do that, you can play around with your location. 
the wider your location, the more auctions you can show up on at a certain point. The location can't get any wider. So if the person only does business in uh, Atlanta, you can only do Atlanta. But if they're based in Atlanta, but they will travel 30 minutes outside of town, then you can go that wide. If they will travel two hours, then you can go that wide. So you go as wide as it makes sense for the business. Schedule, the wider you go with the schedule, the more opportunities you have to show up and get low cost per click clicks. So if you're really trying to get clicks and you're really struggling with that uh, low cost per click because other people are bidding so high, you just got to go 24-7, I think, and just hope that people fill out the form uh, on your website when, they, when they're when they there very early in the morning or late at night. Don't forget about Bing. Again, it's about showing up on as many search auctions as possible. So if you're on Bing, that gives you another chance to get clicks. And uh, that's the name of the game. Now, the other approach to this is not so nice. And the other approach to this is if other people are bidding that high and you can't, and Chris is seeing what I wrote, and I apologize <laughs> in advance for what I said, um, life's not fair. And if those other people are doing that, that means they're, you know, maybe some of them are just not making money and not doing it profitably. But if there's a lot of people bidding that much, it means someone's making money and someone figured out how to bid that high on that industry and still make money. So you as the AdWords manager, you're the business owner as a business owner, you got to figure out a way to make it work. So can the landing pages be improved? Can the sales intake staff be improved? Um, can they charge more? Are they undercharging their services? Um, can they look at it different where maybe we don't make a ton of profit on our AdWords traffic, but it's a little bit of a loss leader and we get those people on the back end over the coming years with more services um, or the second time they get this kind of product or they recommend their friends to us. So you really, you just got to think, how are other people able to do this? What can we improve to be able to do it like them? That's the second approach. So there's those two kind of approaches and I respect the question a lot and I wish you the best. All right. Well, uh, we have a couple more questions and these are Specific questions that are business related. Paid search trivia. Don't try to escape no, it. Paid we... search trivia. I know we're going long here, but paid search trivia, Chris. Oh. I love torturing them. Oh. Responsive display ads, true or false? Responsive display. Is that, that's not a question. <laughs> what? I haven't finished okay. because I realized we hadn't heard the true, the trivia <laughs> music. So PST, paid search trivia, please make the music and then we can continue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> responsive display ads you have to include videos on them true or false responsive display false you didn't know of course not correct great answer. okay videos are an option i included them along with text and images and all that kind of stuff i didn't like the experience chris my remarketing ads were showing up on websites but then they were also on youtube as videos as well and it was like mixing the data and i didn't know yeah. what was what and if I want to do YouTube, I'm going to do YouTube in a YouTube campaign, and I'm going to focus on remarketing and getting leads from that and website traffic like I used to. So I took out the videos, and you have that option. Yep. There you go, Pacer Trivia. Thank you. That is that is helpful, yeah, because um, I think I have a campaign that I'm getting too much YouTube stuff on my remarketing, and that, that's a good way to solve that. So we're jumping into a couple more questions. These are business-related, and they are not for general consumption, but you can be part of that elite club by going to our Patreon paying a very low monthly amount and hear this super specialized content that is for people that are agencies, managers, stuff like that. But in the meantime, uh, you will, of course, hear us for free every week on Monday. We'll be back here next time. Thanks for listening.